0: This is episode four with Lloyd Ball.
1: You love it. You are great at it. The world needs it. You are paid for it. In this program, we go deep to get answers to essential questions and learn how to develop key skills to live a life that moves you. This is the Beyond the Surface podcast.
0: Hi, this is your host, Alonso Chejade. Early in my career, I was living paycheck to paycheck, yet... You could find me attending red carpet networking events alongside local professional athletes, celebrities, and top movers and shakers from different industries. In this episode, my guest is one of the people who made that possible for me, Lloyd Ball. Lloyd is one of Seattle's best known networkers and a dear friend. Lloyd and I met back in 2014 through a mutual friend. Since then... Lloyd has inspired me to always be connecting with new people and to help others by making valuable introductions. In this interview, I asked him some questions to learn more about his professional journey, how he became a power networker, why networking is so important to him, and how in the world he managed to put some of Seattle's most exclusive networking events without spending a dime. And I am now with Lloyd live here uh, in the Bellevue Library, recording the fourth episode of the Beyond the Surface podcast. How are you doing, Lloyd?
1: Fantastic. I'm I'm happy to be here. This is a wonderful library. One of the first times I've, I've been here.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. Uh, something that I wanted to acknowledge you start starting this podcast is you always been very open every time I ask you for something. You always reach out to see how you can help me. That's something I really appreciate about you. Uh, so thanks again for, for doing this and making the time for it. Absolutely. You're worth it. Thank you, Lloyd. So uh, let's let's get started. How did we meet? So people can learn a little bit more about uh, how we got to know each other. And it was through a mutual friend, uh, Sasha O'Leary, mm-hmm. introduced us at the time. And, and since then... Uh, it's been crazy. I mean, I was, I was, uh, I was literally broke when, when you met me I couldn't and, tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to make it, you know, it was like paycheck to paycheck. and right. Sometimes didn't know if I was going to make it and stuff like that. Yet I was able to attend all these, uh, red carpet events alongside local celebrities and top industry movers and shakers. Uh, And you were one of the persons that made that happen for me. So before we get started on to your journey as, I would say, one of Seattle's top networkers and one of the best and most creative event planners I've (laughs) I've met in my life. um, Thank you. Let's start kind of learning more about, like, the beginning of Lloyd. What was your, like, what was your childhood like? Childhood, wow, you're going way back. Yeah, we're going deep. So
1: I was an only child. Both my parents, they met at the University of Washington. My dad was like a uh, teacher's assistant, and my mom was a student at the time. And uh, my mom's uh, from the Philippines, so her and all of her brothers and sisters moved here um, way back in the 70s and, you know, for a better life. And I actually talked to my grandma the other day and just thanked her for. For making that happen for us, because I don't know where our family would be. Um, And so uh, that said, yeah, only child, uh, second generation. My mom uh, is from the Philippines. My dad is from St. Louis. Uh, They met here in Seattle and we lived in Renton. Um, And, you know, I I always wanted a brother, always wanted a sister, always wanted kind of a family. Uh, And, I kind of had to get beyond myself in school and create my own family, create my brothers and sisters, find amazing and awesome people that that I wanted to uh, be friends with. Um, So, yeah, that's me. Grew up in uh, the Seattle area and uh, ended up being really good at sports, playing football, basketball, track, um, wanting, you know, I always had this desire of being the best, Right. So my heroes were like Michael Jordan and my heroes were um, uh, Michael Johnson, who was a fast uh, track star and so on and so forth. So I don't know. I just had this in me of being like the greatest in the world. So, I, you know, when I was playing football, I wanted to go to the NFL. When I was playing basketball, I wanted to go to the NBA. When, when I was running track, you know, I wanted to win the gold medal in the Olympics. So that's a little bit about my background and my history and when I figured out that, um, you know, I got to college, was playing college sports, I figured out, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought. There's a lot better uh, people out there uh, and, and faster. Um, I just, you know, all of a sudden was like, all right, let's see what else I could be the best in the world at. And so I've always been on that search.
0: And who would you say uh, influenced you the most growing up?
1: Michael um, Michael Jordan the best in the world um you know Muhammad Ali my dad had these heroes uh Miles Davis um my dad had these these heroes that that he would put in front of me and I would look at them and I would just like get into their work ethic and and, and figure out what they did and that kind of thing would inspire me
0: now correct me if I'm wrong you now have over 16 years in the real estate industry is that correct
1: yeah and you know what's funny um you know To date this podcast, I'm going to have to because it's September 11th today. And that was my first day of real estate, Uh, September 11th, 2001. Yes. (laughs) Wow, man. (laughs) Yeah, I was driving out to a property with my mom. I was like shadowing her on on an appointment. It was like the first, you know, real kind of deal that I would have been doing. My mom was also in real estate. And, uh, you know, we heard on the radio that a plane hit one of the world trade center towers and we had no idea what was going on uh we just knew it was serious and big time and the client was like let's just you know go home forget about the house tour so um for the next you know i I mean the rest is history right is it was the biggest terror attack yeah uh on on u.s soil and for the next three months i I was out of a job you know i didn't have Mm. if 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 you don't have a customer in real estate you're basically unemployed right Mm. so uh that said i was on the couch for the next um few months trying to figure out how i I was going to um come out of the ashes
0: yeah no that's crazy i remember that day i was uh in a high school classroom in texas Mm. and i didn't know what was going on i mean I'm, i'm already a foreign kid i don't know nothing about like I'm still trying to simulate it was like my third fourth day or something like that uh, in (laughs) in that high school bigger than the UW (laughs) and and I remember everybody was freaking out because they thought NASA was next or something like that and we were right by there right right so everybody was just like parents were just all over the place it was Mm -hmm. just so crazy so that means that is today your 17-year anniversary? In I think it's 16. Let's see. 16 uh, or 17,
1: Maybe, maybe even 15. I think 15. It might be 15. Yeah, I was wow, 19, 19 at the time.
0: You know that's great. I mean, it's and then you said that you basically got started with real estate through your mom because that's what your mom was doing. So right, she was the right. one who showed you the ropes, basically. Right, right, right. That's that's
1: pretty cool. And and you know when I was when I was playing football in California, you know the... I didn't really give it much of a chance. I didn't have patience, right? Like I thought that I was just gonna come in, I was gonna start, I was gonna be like Jerry Rice and catch a bunch of touchdowns and be amazing. Mm-hmm. But our school was like number two in the nation. We were amazing at football. And so um, that being said, you know, there was other players that got up there. And right before I left to go to college, my, I met my wife, my who is my wife now. And I was just so in love with her and I was so homesick mm-hmm that I didn't give it enough of a chance, but I still won because I have the family that I have now. And so after that season was over, I was like, mom, I wanna come home, get me in the business. You know, I wanna do real estate. And she wasn't really buying it much, you know, and and I I wasn't really bought into it that much, but I knew I wanted to be in business. I knew I wanted to be in an industry where there was no ceiling there. You know, you can kind of create your own way Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I finally convinced her and I came back after the semester was over and jumped into school uh, locally in Seattle and uh, started studying for my license.
0: Well, what, other than the fact that there is no ceiling and uh, is is uh, and that you were interested in business, what would you say was the thing that you liked about those first years doing real estate that got you to do it for this long? Well, um, I would say
1: the checks. I mean, honestly, um, it, it was, it, I was on my own and I, I didn't own a suit at the time. And, you know, I was telling people, you know, mentors, people that I looked up to, I'm going to sell, you know, mansions and million dollar mm-hmm. homes and this kind of thing, right? Because again, I'm a maximizer, right? I'm going to yeah. be the best in the world. Um, and everybody was like, you know, you don't have much experience. You're young. Look at your circle. You know, those, the, your people are broke, right? They're, they're in college. So your circle of influence is, is, is not very um, pointed in that direction, you're not on the path. So just work with first time home buyers, you know, do your best buddy, pat on the back, you know, type of thing. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I liked about it was that, uh, you know, again, I'm the youngest, I started school a year early. So I was completely comfortable with being like the youngest in my classes, the youngest in every single room. And learning from other people and being kind of open and humble, you know. And and another thing was, you know, being an only child, I had to figure out what was cool, right? Because I didn't have an older brother who was like, "Hey, those shoes aren't cool, or this is not cool. You should wear your pants this way, or so on and so forth." So I had to kind of get that information. I was a very big observer, you know. I'd, I'd get my style from like. GQ uh at the time and um MTV and you know what what is everybody wearing what what's all the cool stuff so um you know I, I took kind of that same spirit about myself into real estate and started learning about you know all the things that you can do in it because there's so many different paths to take in real estate. You know, there's residential, there's commercial, there's so many different property types. There's the financing of it. There's the building of it. There's the developing of the land. There's, you know, owning it and, and, and receiving cash flow and being an investor and so on and so forth. And so I started to look at the people who ascended to the highest of the heights of real estate. And I said, wow, these are some of the richest people in the world. This is better than athlete money. This is this is amazing. This kind of success is 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 legacy building. You can not have your name on the side of a building, right? So you know that from the you know the surface level stuff. That's what excited me about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I found out that I was good with people, uh, and and there was so many interesting people. And you know to get like a fifty year old married couple and their kids that are older than me. And they're like riding around in the back of my car. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or following me to a property. I'm 19, 20 years old at the time. Um, it, it felt good to get kind of that respect from older people. And they're trusting me to make this big decision of buying a property, investing in something. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, you said, uh, um, can I lost my track of thought here. Um, as an industry veteran mm-hmm. in the real estate industry, for anybody who uh, li- may be listening to this podcast and is considering uh, entering the industry for the first time, what would you be your biggest advice for them?
1: Uh, the biggest advice is, is save up before you get in. Uh, there is a lag between starting the business and when you get paid. So I would say, look... Keep your day job for now because the success in the industry, it's difficult. Now, if you have a background in marketing or operations or, you know, finance, like these kinds of things can help you uh, in the industry. Most people kind of jump in from another job and they have one, you know, one um, of the the business functions down, right? Maybe they're an accountant and or maybe they're, you know, in, in marketing. And these kinds of things you can carry over to real estate. The, the craziest thing about it is you are an entrepreneur. You know, you're, you're the IT person. You're the marketing person. You're the sales guy. You're the, you know, you, 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 you financially manage your business. You have to handle legal contracts. So you, you have to, in, in one person, you have to be able to, you know, somewhat tackle or understand all the different functions of business. So that said, um, you know, put a plan together before you jump in and be ready for some pain. You know, you got to have an appetite for risk because it is risky to get in. Um, You're not just going to make a check on day one. And this is for the average person. If you're exceptional and you really believe in yourself and you don't have a lot of obligations, you don't have family, you know, some people like that can jump in and be successful right away. I was lucky um, that after, well, when 9-11 happened, yeah, and I like it when, like looking back, I'm so I'm so glad that I went through a hardship. Not that it happened, but that in my life, there was this three-month thing that happened and I had to figure out and plan for the next 20, 30, 40 years or what was going to happen, how I was going to make money. Um, because that kind of hardship really made me think about the rest of my career and how I was going to attack the industry.
0: Um, I was uh, looking at your Facebook timeline to catch up with you before the interview, and then I, then I did another type of search where I mm-hmm. searched for posts about Lloyd. I want to see what Facebook <laughs> in general is saying about you. and then there is sure. literally all these pictures of networking event after networking event, right. after networking event. You are definitely incredibly active when it comes to uh, staying in touch live in person with everybody that you know i know it's not just like a digital thing for you right right. why is networking real life networking not the networking that a lot of people think of now today so important to you
1: um because opportunity lies in people and you never know who someone's gonna be and i have um you know i've been told this and and now i know it right i've got this gift of learning about somebody and figuring out you know what's special about them and then being able to really hone in on that and and edify them, build them up, point them in a direction, introduce them to somebody. Um, and so I take pride in that because that's the kind of legacy I want to leave behind. Right. So I love networking with people, meeting people, learning about them. And I'm naturally an introvert, which is uh, something you probably don't know about me. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm an only <laughs> child, so I'm totally fine with staying home and not doing anything. We're
0: like hybrids, right? right. I feel like I am a hybrid. I'm introverted, sometimes. I don't want anybody talking to me. Like say I'm writing, but when I go out, I mean, I'm not shy. Exactly, and I kind of feel like you're you're the same way.
1: Right, right. And then I have a genuine interest in people and their stories and what they're doing, um, and the 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 hardships that happen to them because I feel that that provides some power and some depth to their story. Um, and so. That said, I, I just, uh, opportunizing people, one thing that I tell people, because they ask me, you know, like, hey, like, what makes you such a good networker? Or what, you know, like, how do I do this? Or what's the strategy and, and all this thing? And, I, you know, the key thing that I, that I leave them with is treat everybody like they could be the president of the United States one day. And if you look at people through those eyes, um, you start to treat them differently. You start to like really believe in them and edify them and build them up and look for those skills and 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 try to um, provide books and and websites and these kinds of things where they can hone in on that where they can learn more. So that uh, yeah, that would be my thing. Just treat everybody like they're going to be the president one day because you never know who someone's going to be. And this is this is like playing the long game. You know, you look at investments. And, uh, you know, stock investments, real estate investments. And I think the best investment that you can make is in a person. Because I could be staring at the next Martin Luther King Jr. You know, I could be staring at the next Bill Gates. I do have a dream. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. We all do. And sometimes it just takes a good word to give somebody that inspiration and motivation to, to go the next day. Yeah. The next day. not Forget about the next year, but the next day.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to be straight up. That's that's what you did for me. At one point, I remember I was at one of your events uh, f- trying to figure out how to pay rent next month. And that was kind of my story because I, I did go- went through school with no funds or anything. Mm-hmm. I was just paying everything. And I did get help from my parents, but still hard right, right, to live on your own and go to school. And I remember being at one of your events and under this illusion of success, which it helped me to mm-hmm. keep my spirits up and feel very confident when I did have an opportunity to present to me. I would talk like I'm rich, even mm-hmm. though I was broke. And it was thanks to be- being at your event, literally doing a red carpet interview about my <laughs> brand new. Uh, Check out the marketing consulting business that I created, and I remember right. seeing even like a huge banner right. on this big event where there were like uh, top industry movers and shakers, local celebrities, and everything. I'm looking at my banner, I'm like, "Wow, that looks pretty legit," <laughs> and I'm giving a <laughs> red carpet interview about, you know, what do I do for a living and how can I help others. And uh, that was pretty cool, you know. And it 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 did it, did, it does it really paid off, and I'm immensely um, grateful for that. It's one of the big things you did for me now going to the events which is something that i i was dying to go uh, deeper with you right you at one point decided you know what i'm gonna scale this whole networking thing and i'm gonna get everybody top people in the city come to me (laughs) Right, right and you started um i didn't go to all your events but i know at one point your events became another level we're talking valet parking the red carpet interview somebody interviewing mm-hmm. photographers cash bar all these restaurants with their snacks and incredible and you were getting really top people coming to your event mm-hmm. what what, does, what, would, what was that experience like how do you can you walk me through how do you guys I know you did I think maybe you did by yourself at the beginning and then later with Sasha and maybe with others yeah. but how did you came into hey I'm gonna make this happen because okay. I'm sure it's it's, it's kind of scary to think about putting something like that. It is, you
1: know, it's it's entrepreneurship. It really is. You take something that is just an idea, you know, we're gonna have this, and these people are gonna come, and it's gonna there's gonna be five hundred, seven hundred, a thousand people in the room, and really, you know, you're you're hyping something that's not even there yet. You're spending money on you know catering and. And all these uh, decorations and setups and marketing to get people in the door, uh, so it, it really kind of feeds that entrepreneurship bone. Uh, because you also
0: flipped the funnel because you didn't you said you didn't spend a dime, and that, that's like <laughs> <is> true. <laughs> well, we spent some money,
1: you know, to get started. You gotta you gotta lock down a venue. You got you know, there's some expenses, but then you get them back through sponsorships, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, if if you're not gaining momentum you're not going to get any sponsors Mm -hmm. and you're not going to get that money back. So I can rewind all the way back to like 18 years old in college and I'm throwing parties and events at skating rinks. And I think my biggest event when I was 19, right before I got into the real estate industry was I did this event in Tacoma and I, uh, it was like this, this talent show for 20, 20 artists. We did we did uh, radio commercials on Cuban. We spent thousands of dollars on these radio commercials and did um, interviews and not not just interviews, but uh, auditions, kind of like um, American Idol style, right? Where everybody's coming in, they're singing, they're rapping, they're you know doing their 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 gig, whatever it is. And we had top executives from like uh, some of the record companies come out, Sony, I think J Record, and these are ANRs, but. You know they're from big big companies and, and we're feeling really good about this and um, we wanted to showcase the talent and we ended up selling out we had like a thousand people there at wow. uh, eight hundred to a thousand people at Lincoln High School in Tacoma um, which which was a lot of fun it uh, you know was a big undertaking and we made some money from it and uh, then I just kept rolling and doing events in in, in the in the city. Uh, whether it was like a skating event or an underage party, because I wasn't 21, so there wasn't any alcohol or anything like that. So we had to be creative with these themes. Um, And that led me into real estate. And at that point, you know, being 19 years old and not having the network to sell the mansions that I wanted to sell, right? And to be the best in the world, uh, I had to get outside of myself and join a bunch of different, uh, you know, associations and go to other people's networking events. Mm-hmm. The ones that I could get into because, you know. Yeah. if they, That didn't serve alcohol, right? Correct. And then start networking. Um, but nowadays, it's, it's a little different. I look at it differently because it's, it's, it's a legacy thing for me. It's, you know, like I said, you, you never know who someone's going to be. And, you know, you and I... You may end up investing in my company 20 years from now when you're a billionaire. And so I'm looking at it 20 years from now, 15 years from now, because Seattle is my home and I've got roots here and I really want to build this community any way possible. So that said, um, you know, the events thing was kind of second nature. First, it was in real estate as a professional going to networking events and then it became hosting them. Uh, and when I partnered up with Sasha, you know, she kind of had that, that, well, she was a great networker and I mm-hmm. learned a lot from her and vice versa, uh, in her style and her way of, 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 uh, connecting with people and being vulnerable, mm-hmm. which I learned the power of vulnerability, uh, through, through watching her. And so we started hosting events and our first event was spotlight on Seattle. We had a big vision at this point, you know, we were both kind of successful in our careers, and we teamed up. I don't know. This is like 2010, something like that. And uh, we decided to take over the Mercedes Benz dealership and invite all kind of tech people, real estate people uh, from all different, you know, parts of the industry, and local celebrities, professional athletes, and they end up showing up. You know, because it was at Mercedes Benz.
0: How do you guys get a hold of the the people who may have agents looking out for them? All the time, agents like the tops, uh, like like the, and, and like celebrities or the local football players. Because I'm sure they always have like PR all over them, right? Make sure that absolutely, yeah. Um, honestly, it was it was just through
1: it was through people that knew those people. Like oh. we're in Seattle, mutual, and yeah, mutual, and 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 I I also through that event I learned the power of brand association, right? I, I kind of knew that, mm-hmm. which is why you know women wear the red bottom shoes and they wear. Mm-hmm. You know, they have these beautiful Gucci and Louis Vuitton purses, right? Because all of a sudden, you see a girl walking down the street with with all this stuff on, all these labels and brands. You think, wow, she's successful. You know, who's she married to? Or she must be, you know, uh, rich or, or successful, mm-hmm. right? And I learned that firsthand through throwing this event at Mercedes-Benz. Immediately, it brought up the stock in what we were doing because this is a well-established company beautiful vehicles the best or nothing and uh, they had a very beautiful showroom that was just built uh, and so we were able to really dream big and you know do the red carpet along with multiple photographers doing paparazzi style uh, photography and we end up getting 450 people in that event and then we started doing more we started doing like we did a penthouse party we did um you know uh, we took over el gaucho which is a popular steakhouse and we did a um a panel event and then we did spotlight in seattle again and then we had 650 people the next year and then we did it the next year we had 750 people and so it just i it's like it's almost like inviting people into your office Mm-hmm. You're beautiful. Some office, really cool offices. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or, or inviting people to your home and being like this awesome, amazing host. My favorite thing to do at events is give people free drink tickets. My favorite thing to do is put my arm around them and, and, you know, and, and tell them something, you know, for, and with 750 people, it's hard. You really have to move around mm-hmm. a lot, but that's my favorite thing. One of the things that I do is you know a lot of promoters a lot of event planners don't like to work the door but i love to work the door because i get to see everybody coming in and thank them i get to thank thanks for your support oh i appreciate you oh my gosh that dress looks amazing look at that pocket square bro that's that's tight look at those you know shoes and you know and really make people feel good it's about the total experience with events everything from you know the first interaction with how the event is presented online and we presented everything on Facebook. Uh everything was it was digital. We didn't print a flyer, we didn't pay for ads, we didn't do anything. It was just all social media at the time. Uh, from there I walked them through what they're going to experience in the like in the the event um, um description, right? You come valet parking, red carpet, photos, drinks, meet people, celebrities, interviews, this, 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 and this, right? And so you walk them through the experience in the invite and then you make that experience happen, you make it real. And, and that's kind of like, I think that's the secret of, um, of uh, creating a great event invite is actually being able to describe what's gonna happen from beginning to end and then executing on that—that's what's going to make people satisfied and want to come back to the next one.
0: Do you say that you ever had any challenges in the working?
1: Challenges, um,
0: you know, I would say the challenges are because so a lot of people know you when you go to an event, and you have seven hundred fifty people who you, more people know you than you know them, and then you're trying to C- yeah, kind of give everybody, of, you, a, know. A, you know, some mm-hmm. time, but. Yeah, a lot of people it, are waiting.
1: When when an event is well planned and designed, and and I'm not, you know, I'm a, I'm a fish and water type of thing. Um, it, it's it's pretty easy. But in some cases, when uh, you know you go to an event, you don't know anybody. It's more of a challenge. But I love the challenge because there's so many more interesting people that I don't know. Uh, and and i'm kind of a loner like i'll go to events by myself i don't i don't really like need a crew or a wingman or a wingwoman i'll just talk to people uh that's that's the fun part about it probably the best way right yeah you're forced
0: to you can't hide in your group right
1: or if i go i'll go with somebody who's a really great networker also so Mm -hmm. it's not like i have to be there and (laughs) they have to hang with me they're in every conversation typically when we go we're just like we don't even see each other, we kind of check in a couple times, or uh, they'll be in a conversation, they'll introduce me to somebody that will be um, a valuable connection to me, or vice versa. You know, we play those kinds of roles together. But I think the most challenging is are are usually the most fun.
0: Now, I wanted to talk about something uh, that happened like around I would say a month ago, I was going mm-hmm. to Whole Foods, uh, getting some lunch with my wife. Next thing I know, right. I get this notification in my phone. <laughs> it's like, it's a freaking video from Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? What is this about? I was like, is this like a YouTube video? Or, no, it's an actual video that you send me via text. Right, right. And I'm playing it, and you're basically very heart um, a message just kind of saying how you much appreciate our friendship and... Uh, acknowledging me for my dreams and encouraging me to pursue them and all that type of stuff. I remember Christina was watching it with me. It's like, oh, wow, that's so sweet. Like she was like, well, she loves Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> and then a couple of days uh, later, I, I see somebody else raving about, oh, I got a Lloyd video and I asked him for his permission. Yeah. I wanted to share it because he was just so excited. What inspired you to do I mean, I, I thought it was very creative. I definitely never had anybody Mm-hmm. think of doing something like that what what's what inspire you to do that
1: well I, I can't at all take all the credit for coming up with that idea it's a fantastic thing i mean it's it's part of my heart right i want to share with people and um there was a guy who sent me a video uh his name's colin Wynn. he's a top real estate broker over at uh, john l scott and he sent me a video and i was like oh my gosh first of first and foremost i was like this is brilliant this is this is me. I should be doing this, uh, and and I know he does this for his business, right? He did, he didn't tell me at the time, but I could tell because he's in his office and he sent me, you know, a video. And I I, I know his heart and I know the guy, and I'm like, this is me. I'm gonna do this um, because I would, you know, if if I call somebody, it's gonna be a long conversation, and uh, because especially with people I haven't connected with in a while. But if I send them a video. And I did this via text all the time to people, right? But a video is like way more personal. I take over their whole screen on their phone, and they have to be listen and watch it, right? Because and it's for them. So I felt that it was a really effective way to inspire people and and remind them that I think about them and I care about them. Uh So yeah, it, it, honestly, it wasn't my inspiration. It was it came from somebody else loving me.
0: That's awesome, man. That's, uh, is this something that you're going to continue doing?
1: Oh, absolutely. I still do it all the time. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, again, that's that thing that hopefully it, it inspires someone to just push the next day, just the next day. Sometimes just a one day at a time thing. In other cases, you know, I'm like, hey, bro, you're going to be the president of the United States. I could see it. You know, that type of thing. And, and yeah. that's just a analogy for whatever they're going to do in life. But um, I could I, I see those things in them and, and I'm watching people online all the time, very um, uh, actively scrolling through the, the Facebook feed. That's, that's kind of my thing. I'm I'm voyeur uh, on Facebook just to see what's going on, what are people doing, what's happening in their lives uh, because I, I care. So, yeah, I take those things that I see that they're doing out there in the world and I put them in a a video. And it's not something that you put on the timeline. It's not a I'm not tagging them in this big post uh, because that's more for my benefit if I do that. Right. Because I want to be associated with this person or, you know, I want to I want to show everybody how great I am, you know, by saying these good things and positive things about someone else. Now, this is strictly private for that person.
0: I mean, it's a very easy way to stand out in a world where most people eh, are taking shortcuts, right? Right, right. Liking is easier than writing, <laughs> uh, then writing is easier than calling. Sure. <laughs> so that's that's basically how like totally. people oh yeah i've been friends with him like oh celebrating nine years of liking each other's posts Right. right. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not as real as as what you uh, make of those connections that you being able to build both online and offline right um, right because
1: sometimes you need more than you know 140 characters sometimes you need more than 15 seconds or 30 seconds you know to, to really deliver that message of how you're feeling
0: you're a man that always is looking for new ways to push your boundaries. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how I feel like you've been able to grow in your career. What would you say was the last time you have to push the boundaries of your comfort zone?
1: Right now, uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable, right? I'm going to be, you know, I know you have like a million people listening to this podcast. <laughs> like,. <laughs> Every single week, right? You push one out. So every day, I'm uncomfortable. Um, I think when you when you get comfortable, uh, you're you're not really growing. You know, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like when I get uncomfortable, I can and I'm taking risks because um, I didn't even I, I didn't even look at the questions. I, mm-hmm. I didn't like I breezed through them. You know, on 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 the yeah, way here. Yeah. But uh, I didn't think about them, so that's a risk, right? You could you could uh, um, p- put a question in there, and and I start fumbling and and, and that sort of thing. But uh, I just say yes, you know. Sometimes, especially when it involves other people, and there's a way to get some of the stuff that's in me out, and hopefully it reaches somebody. Uh, people ask me to speak in front of high schools, right? And those are probably the toughest crowds you'll ever speak in front of. I've I've spoken in front of thousands sometimes ten thousand people um uh, you know or saying because i was also uh, you know vocalist and i was in a band and we went all around the world and stuff uh so so that kind of thing i i'm i don't want to say i'm comfortable with it every time i have the butterflies like every single time even if it's in front of some kids and there's like 20 kids in a class at franklin high school or some of the high schools uh locally here in seattle uh, is still get butterflies because i feel it's a great responsibility that i have to be in front of them and it's a it's an honor and i've got to do well um because the next bill Gates could be in the room
0: you know it's, it's funny this, this, this is your first podcast interview right or no? oh uh, yeah actually bro is this the longest interview ever <laughs> so longest <far? laughs> we've been this is like the 30 almost 37 minutes that's okay
1: you could cut out all the boring parts (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing boring nothing boring about you let's find the gold because there's some gold in in conversations me and you with our experiences so let's dig
0: that's funny i never thought uh something like this would make you uncomfortable uh you're always in front of people you're always just so calm and relaxed and i did get hell uncomfortable when i did my first episode doing this because i always wanted to do a podcast and once i put these things on I i was like all pumped up but once it came to it Holy crap! Right. I was just like, I feel like Tarzan. Like I can't. <laughs> I'm like me, Alonso, you, Lloyd. And I, I've, for some reason, at one point, I forgot how to freaking speak English or Spanish. <laughs> 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 and I'm just trying to to get myself together, and obviously it gets easier with oh, each yeah. episode. And I'm loving that part of it. But
1: and after the first question, right? It gets easier. But the 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 uncomfortable part is always build up Mm. the when you say yes all the way until it happens and then it's just it's just go time um i remember i've gotten so many speaking engagements where uh you know i'm in front of crowds of people whether they're business people or students and like i scripted i scripted everything out and i said everything that i said in front of the crowd I had said it at least 60, 70 times before in the car or in the mirror or in the shower or just walking around, right? Um, because I, I've, it's a great responsibility to actually be in that position of influence where people are trying to learn something from you. Mm-hmm. So that's the part where that makes me the most nervous, the preparation. But then when you're out there, it's just like, bro,
0: just do it. Just go for just it. Just be yourself. Yeah. yeah. Do you have... Any daily rituals to help you conquer the day? Every day. Every day I have rituals. Can you walk me from morning?
1: Yeah. And, as specific
0: and I, as you can for those looking to And I have to have leverage. rituals.
1: I have to have rituals. I'm that kind of person. If I don't... If there's not one... At least one structured thing in my life, then, uh, you know, I'll just be all over the place. I don't know. Maybe I have ADD. In fact, I'm, I need to go see a psychiatrist tomorrow. <laughs> because I need to figure this out. Anyways... Um. Yeah, so in the morning, I'm up. I'm up pretty much at the same time every single morning. What time? Uh, About 5.30, between 5.30 and 6.05. Mm, you're early bird. Yeah, it just depends. Really, it's on my wife's schedule because she gets up and then, you know, the shower thing, mm-hmm. that whole thing. Um. So, uh, you know, I, I let her have time because she's on a schedule, right? She works a, a regular 9 to 5, so um, uh, her situation is more important more important for her to be ready and mm-hmm. on time. My schedule is pretty, like, I, I set it myself. So I'm getting up in the morning, and then, you know, first thing I do is drink some water. Like, I gotta get hydrated, I've been asleep all night, I haven't drank anything, so I'm, I'm drinking some water, I'm drinking as much, you know, as I can. And then um, I'll start going right into brushing my teeth, and shaving, and then jumping in the shower, and then I'm out and I'm working. I work out every single day, but I only work out for 10 minutes. And I work out at home. And it's kind of one of those things that it, it gets me up. It wakes me up. It like gets a quick me workout A Quick workout. Yeah. I'm You know, kettlebell, um, dips, push-ups, upside-down push-ups, like these kinds of things mm-hmm. to, like, just get me going. And, uh, it, you know, it. it's always in style to have a good-looking body, right? So uh, I'm very – conscious of like you know those those kinds of things and I know it's 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 healthy right get your brain going get your blood flowing so I'm working out every day for about 10 minutes and uh, you know most people work out for hours it, right? it baits off yeah it, it baits baits off. off.
0: there's people say I only have 10 minutes that's not enough so next thing you know three months later they haven't done a single push-up right <laughs> <laughs> so I like that you're exactly. bringing this up because I feel like it really opens up hey this guy is exercising every day he only has 10 minutes better than nothing but he's doing it absolutely you know and he actually can replace coffee yes you don't need need to drink coffee once you get your 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 blood I I drink a lot of coffee I drink drink. I try to only drink one Uh but before I do I ask myself am I tired because I haven't honored my body today with exercise right because otherwise I feel like I'm just trying to take a shortcut from doing something that my body's asking me I feel like all tired because either I didn't get enough sleep Mm -hmm. or I didn't work out Right, right, right. Yeah, so, uh,
1: you know, after I get out, that out of the way, I'm usually in the office by about 7.30. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, it's time to make my first cup of coffee and and drink some more water. Uh, and then I'm at my desk. And, and then at that point, the rest of the day is just the schedule. The schedule drives me. But m- the, the morning ritual is something that I... I if I don't do it, I'm kind of thrown off. I'll notice like later on in the day and, and beat myself up if, if I didn't work out for those 10 minutes.
0: That's awesome. If you could start over, mm-hmm. what would you do differently?
1: Um, if I could start over, start it all over. All over. Yeah. Your uh, life.
0: There's something that you would do differently.
1: Yes. Uh, there, I don't have any regrets and I love everything that happened to me in my life. Um, good and bad. But, cause they made me who I am right now, right? Everything affected me and I don't, I don't like not think about those things. Like, th- here's one thing about negative things that happen to you. Like they can either continue to take from you or you can push back and you can take something from it. And that's another thing I tell kids is like, take something back from these things that are trying to take from you. Push mm-hmm. back. Cause you know, you have a bad day, you get fired from your job. And then, you know, you go home and then you kick the dog and now the dog's got some broken ribs and now you got this big vet bill and now you're a dog beater, you know, like stop, push back right there. Don't let it continue to take. So um, if I could do something over again, I would tell myself, you know, I would, I would, I've seen the opportunities because I did a lot of things in real estate, right? So first seven years were residential, the next uh, eight have been all commercial, which is selling office buildings and apartment buildings and that sort of thing. Bigger game. Bigger game. Yeah. (laughs) Bigger game. But both are are very well respected in my book, residential commercial. I love, Mm -hmm. I love both parts of the industry. Um, So if I could, if I could do anything, I would, I would, I would go to my younger self and I would say, that was it right here. Focus. This is the weak spot. This is the pay dirt. Go in, press harder. That's what I would tell myself. Um, that's what I would do different. Is is uh, you know, if I had to live my life again, that that would be that would be hard. But if I could go back to my younger self, I would say that's it right here. Focus on this. Don't just move on to the next thing because this is where you can get to the next level. This mm-hmm. is your stepping stone. That's what I would do.
0: You know, that's just very powerful. Um, that's something that I've um is actually one of my challenges. You know, mm-hmm. diluted attention. Right. Where. We are, like, the people, like, I would say, can I, I feel like we're similar. So, I kind of uh, want to say people like us, we're, so can, when we're younger, can get very enthusiastic about stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm talking hybrids, introverts. Right, um, right. Extroverts. And we get excited about all these different projects. Oh, yeah. We, we get started, but then we get sidetracked with another thing. And then we get, oh, yeah. start doing that, and then we get sidetracked. And then everybody can see the potential in you because you're always, like, doing all the things. But the lack of focus prevents you from being really good at that one thing because you're always jumping from one place. And I am actually seeing that a lot even uh, now as I sometimes browsing through LinkedIn, seeing uh, some of the younger people Mm -hmm. in LinkedIn jumping from company to company and not only from company, but sometimes from completely different jobs. Right call it exploration or there's just more money and that's their main motivator right. but it is a very interesting thing uh and i think that's definitely one thing that's made you stand out in the crowd and what you do is your ability to a uh, i would say harvest the, the seeds that you planted mm-hmm. yeah
1: and and sometimes I, I pull up the carrot before it's fully you know developed sometimes i pick the apple before it's fully ripe mm-hmm. uh, but you know that's that's kind of the the I guess that comes through wisdom and an understanding. And the older you get, the more you value patience. Hmm. Uh, and I work with a lot of young young people uh, on my team. Everybody's like in their early twenties, right? And I'm 34 years old. So, but I need that energy. I love that energy, the fearlessness that they have, uh, that sort of thing. And so, um, I, I that focus. I've got to keep them focused and they've got to keep me focused and putting it down on paper and in writing hmm. and your vision and your mission and your principles and like what you're going to do and how you're going to do it uh, that whole plan having that in writing and everyone in agreement on where we're going we know what's when we're off track it's like hmm. like the bible right it's it's that thing that we can hold each other accountable to this is the roadmap. We know when we're right. We know when we're wrong. Uh, so that said, you know, having that plan out there keeps us focused. But, I, I mean, I, I still jump from from thing to thing all the time. Like, I probably have two, three business ideas every single day or pivots that I could possibly do. And even though I tell my team members about them, I'm like, let's, let's put this on the shelf.
0: I guess to clarify, then, it's not bad to have all these different things that you want to do. But it's giving each of these things the time that they deserve or the time yes. that is required yes. to see if it works or not right before you jump to the next. And ship. that,
1: that came through experience that, True. that absolutely came through experience, um, True. of looking back on something and being like, wow, that was pretty awesome. That could have made probably like, you know, a million bucks and looking at another thing and like, yeah, that was pretty awesome. You know, we stopped after, you know, a couple months, but that, that could have been a really successful mm-hmm. company and it, we just are focused we're imagine you know knowing a lot of people and and uh, i mean someone like yourself now you're in your career like how many opportunities come at you every single day right how much new information is coming at you every single day opportunities are just flooding in and you've got to say no to a lot of stuff
0: well for me because <laughs> i mean uh, marketing and now i'm kind of. Uh, paving my way into the sales enablement community Mm -hmm. enabling sales to sell more messaging and all that type of stuff for some reason I'm getting way more uh, people reaching out for multi-level marketing opportunities (laughs) 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 they're like oh you will be great at this and I'm like you know that's just not for me right you know but yeah I know what you're saying and you have to be able to kind of filter the clutter and filter everything out everything else and stay focused and have a plan and being able to complete that plan before you sh- jump somewhere else. Mm-hmm. At least a short-term plan. But right. Next thing I wanted to ask you is, okay, um, here's a good one. If you received enough money to never need to work again, and we were talking about <sighs> this before we we started playing the record button here, what would you spend your time doing?
1: You know, if, if uh, I, I reached that point where I was champion of the world... Uh, and had all the money in the world, didn't need to make another dollar. I would, I would continue to do what I'm doing right now, except I'd do it for free, and I'd be, I'd probably be a VC with low expectations on return, um, yeah. and and also a mentor in that respect. So not necessarily looking to invest for a return because I've got all the money in the world, right? I'm I'm the richest Correct. man on on the planet, but. <clears throat> I want to see things happen. So I think, you know, I would I would probably be an embodiment of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Like that that would be where I would go uh, in 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 that direction. I would try to solve some bigger problems, uh, but I would still um, I would still look to my city and my home because I believe that this is the center of the universe, Seattle, Washington. Uh, that's just, you know, my belief. It's it's not obviously, but from where I can do the most um, disruption, the most damage uh, in this world, it, it's from Seattle. So I probably go back to the the inner cities, and I would build some technology centers there, mm. so kids can get the skills to get the jobs that are a couple miles away. And so Seattle, the companies here would not have to import talent from outside of Seattle, which is a huge, you know, I mean, like they should be hiring the kids. Like right out of out of these schools, they should be hiring the kids um and and that's what these kids should aspire to, like to have you know the Microsoft job or to work at at you know well everybody's here now right facebook google apple is now gonna be here Amazon's here um because we're we're rich in technology, and I think that uh, a lot of the inner city kids don't really see that that's an option for them because they don't they don't see people they're heroes in that space just because they're not, they're not looking, and they don't have access to that information. So If we start giving them access to that information, I think they'll they'll, um, they'll be able to dream bigger. Because here's the thing, the more you see, the bigger your dreams can be, right? So if you go out and you see Africa, you know, I went to Africa and it never left me. If you go out and you go see Europe, you go out and you go, your dreams will get bigger. You know, you, you you'll be able to think, okay, maybe on an international scale. If you if you if you've never been on a plane before, then how what is that even like? You can't even dream about being on a plane. You know, you can't yeah. dream about it the right way because you haven't experienced it. You haven't been there. So um, that's what I want to bring to the next generation and mid the generation after that: the ability to see and dream bigger. Hmm.
0: You know, I, I follow Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook and I'm uh-huh. looking at his journey through the Chan Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg Foundation. And I've uh-huh. basically been traveling around doing uh, basically what you just told me on a global level, uh, helping kids in all these different parts of the world right. have access to the internet so they can learn. <clears throat> losing my voice. <clears throat> the wedding <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, and giving them the skills that they need. So that they can make something out not only of, of themselves but raise their community up you know communities mm-hmm. that being on the shadows or they're still in development so that's pretty pretty neat to you know and i have been very intentional actually i have i have him prioritize mm-hmm. so every time i open my facebook i'll see like if he posts something it's gonna be the first thing that i do i don't know if you know you can do that on right right yep always looking at that and just kind of like market myself with this type of stuff. I sure. you know that's that's something that I, I I have in common with you now. I learned is that's something that I also want to do is is help people out, uh gain the skills that they need and so that they can dream bigger and mm-hmm. they can make it happen actually. Mm-hmm. Um what is something that most people don't know about Lloyd Box?
1: Well I said it a little bit earlier. I'm an introvert. Um I, yeah, I'm totally fine just zoning out and watching Netflix, but then I get in these moods where it's like, I gotta go somewhere. I gotta, I gotta be out. Um, and, you know, I, I work so hard that, that I like, I, I feel like, man, I, when I get home, I gotta, I gotta be there with my wife mm-hmm. and my son and I gotta be present and uh, these types of things uh, that really drive me uh, because that's, that's my vision for myself. That's my dream for myself is, is having that family and yeah and having a legacy uh that that keeps going so i would say yeah that's you know that that's one thing and then i told i told you another thing that most people do not know about me is that i used to be in a band uh it was a gospel band and we we went all around the u.s and to samoa uh, and hawaii and all over right and we did these tours and we're singing in front of anywhere from 40 people to 15,000 people, right? And then, you know, I'm having a solo. And, and that's kind of, I think that's what made me really comfortable with the stage. Um, but again, uncomfortable, but I'm I'm okay with, with dreaming for that because I've been there before. I've seen that before, right? I've seen myself be successful in that. So if you want me to talk about, something in front of this crowd of people mm-hmm. that don't even know how to speak English and I have to speak through an interpreter. Okay. I've done that before. <laughs> Actually in, in Africa, we went to Africa and went and visited a whole bunch of churches. And, and, um, I think I was 21 at the time mm. and visit a whole bunch of, uh, you know, community organizations and helped, helped, uh, any way we could, any way we could. And there, bro, there, it's just about like, it's not about turning $10 into a million dollars or, you know, a million dollars into a billion. It's about turning one chicken into two chickens. Yep. Right? And and that really brought me to a level of of like the real essence of it. It's not about like like you can't talk social media to those people. I mean, you can. But like how's that going to affect the chickens? Yeah, right. How am I going to give more chickens by doing that? And maybe there's a way. Maybe there's a way. I don't know it. I'm not a specialist in those those people and and that market. But it's really more about the principles and belief and belief in yourself and people and networking and figuring things out on ground zero. So um, I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, th- these are the things that people don't know about me. Two more questions. Sure.
0: What's inspiring you right now?
1: Um, my parents. My parents deeply inspire me. My uh, my parents have. They, my mom is a, a straight up entrepreneur. Like she, when she was at Boeing, she she was happy, but she knew that there was more to life, and so she started a real estate company. Left Boeing, started a real estate company, and. Um, and became successful at it. And then I saw her, you know, and, and what's so funny about her, she's just, she had this big Lincoln Town car back in the day. And in the back, she had this sign that she printed off and it said, made, paid, and driven by an American. You know, she's just this patriot. She's so happy to be here yeah. with all the opportunity. And so uh, being able to see the world through her eyes as growing up, uh, and then now she's still doing it. Now she's still crushing it. She's still doing well. Uh, and, and you know, we all got hit during the financial crisis. Everybody in real estate. And that is what I saw that, like, leveled the playing field. It was like, wow, this guy who built all these homes or this guy that built this building, you know, the, the guy who built the building jumped off of it, right? Because he's in such financial, um, in such a financial crisis. And he couldn't face his investors, couldn't face his people. Um, so it 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 made me um, just tougher because I pressed through. My parents pressed through. I see all these people who pressed through. Uh, so those my parents really um, inspire me. Um, somebody that we can all kind of look to. Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, you know you can check him out. He's he's awesome. He inspired me back when Crush It came out, uh, and it, it really drove me. But now the stuff that he's doing today in 2016, 17 is inspiring me even more. Hmm. Just the hustle, the <laughs> the daily life um, of, of, of an entrepreneur and what it looks like. It, it's showing people that you can't just, you know, you can't just be halfway in halfway out. You got to do this. You got to live it. You got to be passionate about it because if you want to do it to this level, it's going to take some work. It's going to take some blood, sweat and tears. You're going to take some losses here and there.
0: Mm hmm. Which he had a video that I appreciate that he did because he's basically defining hassle as the six to eight, ten yeah. right yeah and and one time i I really like that he did that video because there's if there is one thing that um didn't really align with me as far as what he preaches mm-hmm. is where in the world do you spend time with your family you know and he said you know it's not for everybody no it's not you know and uh, and you have to kind of get the most out of these people without having to replicate, make it your own. Like mm-hmm. what's important to you? And,
1: and, and for me, you know, like you can just edit, just like take out the hours. It doesn't mm. even matter about the hours, mm. the commitment. That's what I see in his, in what he does. Like the commitment yeah. to himself, what he believes about the world and what he believes about himself. Yeah. And the commitment to actually show people and provide value and help the commitment to his industry right now—that uh, is what inspires me about that. Because I mean, not everybody has that time. Some people are single mothers. Some people, yeah. you know, are are um, uh, have disabilities uh, in many forms—mental, physical. You know, maybe they lost a parent. Maybe some some negative things have yep. happened to them yep. that, that actually like f- messes with you that holds you back but they're still fighting and they're doing what they can with a little amount of time uh and and i've seen success stories just grow like crazy out of those those deep dark places like tupac Shakur said you know a rose growing out of concrete
0: Mm -hmm. final question yep what's the latest thing you're working on and how can those listening to this podcast do to support you well
1: um Three months ago, three and a half, maybe four months ago, I launched a commercial real estate technology company. Uh, it's kind of like a commercial real estate agency uh, w- meets a digital marketing agency, and we sell properties on an eBay-style platform. So we built the platform. Uh, we we uh, market properties like they're world-class opportunities, provided much transparency, because <clears throat> the commercial markets are very... Like it's divided, all the data is everywhere, right? And now I'm kind of going to geek out on all this stuff and people you can kind of tune out or go to sleep, (laughs) but, (laughs) but it's, it, it, it needs to change. It's not like residential, like with houses and stuff, um, it residential, there's so much technology in the space. Everybody's in there, like every home, all the data that you need is like right there on Zillow. It's right there in the tax records, blah, blah, blah. But in commercial, it's like all private and and held. Uh, So we're trying to create and, and that alone slows down the frequency of transactions. That slows down decision making. If you don't have all the information, like if you walked into McDonald's and there was no prices and no ingredients and no calories, like how would you really know what to order? You just you don't know. You'd have to ask the guy at the front and be like, "Hey, you know what's in this Big Mac type of thing, and what are the calories?" Right. So, uh so that said, we're trying to provide the menu of all the details, stats, and statistics that investors need to know. Not everything, like all the the stuff that's you know that's not important um to making the decision. We're bringing everything to the forefront, kind of like a baseball card. You know, you look at the back and you can see someone's stats. Um, that's what we're trying to provide in in the commercial marketplace and create a, a, create a marketplace where people can transact online. And we're very successful at it in three months. I mean, like we, like it's insane. Like we're number one already, you know, like for three months in a row. Uh, and it's like, we're in the flow and even now that we've hit pay dirt, we've hit pay dirt and it's like, okay, keep digging. We're still, looking at other opportunities and kind of getting distracted and and then we've kind of you know we're talking about it for a couple hours and at the end of the conversation we're like we just need to go back to the basics <laughs> you yeah, know as you grow that's right? the challenge right yeah. getting
0: sidetracked by all these new things coming your way
1: but the best part about it is the sidetrack now is only two hours hmm. it's only a conversation and then at the end of it I'm like, okay, we yeah, we we probably let's go back to the basics. Let's let's mm-hmm. keep doing what we're doing right now because if we do what we're doing right now, it's gonna get us all the other things. So it, it's nuts. I, we we're just it's just win after win after win, and win for us is a new listing, right? You mm-hmm. like sign a new listing, and we're we booked like last month like 500 grand in revenue. I mean, for a new like tech company startup real estate firm, that's pretty dope. Uh, so yeah, I would just say we're um, we're you know we're we're pressing along. We're continuing to innovate and um, make our platform better. Like we need some technology people because I built everything myself, mm-hmm. which is you know <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no I'm no coder. I know HTML, I know CSS, and I know how to you know go nuts with powerpoint and you know if you give me something to design with shapes and and images yeah, yeah. I, I make it beautiful but just front end so the back end of of our of our website we need to go deeper with
0: what's the name of the company
1: anomaly 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 commercial
0: anomaly commercial
1: and the website is anomaly anomalyc com.
0: if there is anybody who is well connected or may know Someone that would be, let's say, a good buyer for you or a good person to sign up for your services, what what would that person be like in case they want to make an introduction?
1: Sure. Uh, That person would be a um, commercial real estate property investor, Mm -hmm. Uh, somebody that or somebody that owns real estate uh, development properties where you can build a bunch of apartments or an office building or... Um, somebody who's raising capital for their development. We've got access to equity. Um, again, I'll, actually this is not again, you guys don't know this, but I spent two years building the largest database of uh, commercial real estate property investors worldwide that invest in the U S and specifically on the West coast. So, and I've got all kinds of visibility about what their requirements are, right? I've done the surveys, we've made the phone calls. And so, uh, that said, we can pretty much do anything and everything in commercial real estate, but we're specifically focused on multifamily and office and development. So, if you know anybody in those in those spaces, would love to talk to them. I mean, it doesn't have to lead to anything. Maybe I end up being a a resource to them. That's okay.
0: Now, also another thing I wanted to bring up because I'm a big fan of it. Uh, is you do have a uh, event planning course on I do. Udemy? I do. Can you tell us just really quick uh, what's that about? Why would somebody want to sign up for it?
1: Uh, so it's 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 an awesome course. It's it gives you insight into how we did it, how we got these sponsors, um, how we got Google on board uh, to sponsor one of our events, and um, how we got Mercedes. How we threw forty-one fifty-thousand-dollar events with basically nothing out of pocket, and raise thousands of dollars for charity. Um, so a lot of tips and tricks of the trade uh, are are contained in that course. It's pretty comprehensive. So check it out. It's really cheap, too. It's like 50 bucks now. Why don't we just do a free coupon for people? How about that? For everybody who's listening to this show. Okay. I'll, I'll create a free coupon. And I'll know.
0: put it on the show notes. Great. Awesome. It's a legacy. Uh, one last thing, I know because we're connected on Facebook. The best way to stay in touch with you digitally, I guess, mm-hmm. is um, on your Facebook profile. What about for people who are outside of your network?
1: Outside of the network, um, is it
0: Facebook still? Are your posts public? Or? No,
1: Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me there. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, uh, and uh, you can hit me up on my email address. It's just lloyd at anomaly. Mm-hmm. Co. Mm -hmm.
0: Commercial.com. Okay. Thank you so much, Lloyd. Absolutely. This is awesome. And that was my interview with Lloyd Ball. A couple of quick announcements before you leave. Lloyd has decided to offer all listeners of this episode a 100% discount on his event planning course on Udemy. You can find his course on udemy.com by searching for Lloyd Ball. The name of his course is How to Throw Events and Attract Corporate Sponsors. And the coupon code is Beyond the Surface in all caps. Again, that's Beyond the Surface in all caps. I've also added a link on this episode's notes, which you can find at thevtspodcast.com. Again, that's thevts podcast.com if you enjoy listening to this interview i would appreciate your support by leaving me a five-star review on itunes and sharing this episode with your network thank you for tuning in and remember to live a life that moves you